Yo, what's up, Fanatics? Recording this on Wednesday afternoon, the 24th of July. Fall camp starts next week in football. I'm kind of riding solo here um, at the Cyclone Fanatic content office, at least. Stansbury's out in Oregon on vacation. Rob Gray will be heading out to uh, Minnesota for a few days, I believe, on a family vacation. So I'm, I'm riding the ship alone. And uh, keeping up with everything for you. We've got, so coming up later tonight, uh, Bloom and I will be recording a new summer series, Sukup Manufacturing Summer Series. Um, right here, you've got the, the latest Old Man Game podcast. We'll do a Saturday podcast. I'm going to bring the interns in on Friday to record that. So we'll look forward to that. It's always interesting to see what intern Brandon has going on with his uh, crazy college football mind. All of our podcasts right now, are being broadcast in the Carl Chevrolet studio. So, of course, thank you to your dealer for life, Carl Chevrolet. Hey, uh, coming up on Friday and Saturday night, I'm fired up, getting ready for the Guthrie River Ruckus. I love this event. I've been out to it a couple times. Really looking forward to this weekend. I've already got my camping spot ready, although I don't think I can camp the whole time. Uh, i got a wife that's nine months pregnant, so i got to be responsible. However, the camper is out there. My, my friends at Plaza RV got a camper out there for us, so thanks to Scott Edwards for that. But we um, be watching Diamond Rio, Kit Moore on Friday night, among others. Uh, I love Chris Cagle. He's one of my all-time favorite country artists, and he's going to be performing on Saturday night. Can't wait for that. If y'all are heading out to the Ruckus and you haven't bought your tickets yet, go online to the Guthrie River Ruckus website. Use a promo code CYCLONES. It'll get you $15 off a ticket. It's a great offer through our partnership with the Guthrie River Ruckus. It's an awesome event. Get out there. Check it out. You will see Cyclone Fanatic um, logos and stuff all over the place out there. So we're we're part, proud to be sponsoring that event with them. So um, thank you to the folks at the Guthrie River Ruckus. I also want to thank our friends from Iowa Pork, the Iowa Pork Producers. They're coming on board for another year of sponsoring us here at CycloneFanatic.com. Appreciate that. And a quick shout-out to our Cyclone Fanatic store, the Team Closet dot com slash cyclone fanatic we have all sorts of new gear we are now we're now selling officially iowa state licensed gear we've got black polos which every time i wear my black polo that i got from my uh, time at the cyclone radio network people are like where'd you get that can't find it in stores well now you can buy one teamcloset.com slash cyclone fanatic and i was pitching them today we're gonna have a full like uh, a hunter a hunter's collection of Cyclone Fanatic gear. What do you think about that? Like camo? Like hunter orange? I think it'd be sweet. I like wearing that type of stuff. But check it out now. We have all sorts of new stuff, officially licensed Iowa State gear. And then, of course, uh, the new Cyclone Fanatic gear. Got some pocket tees. Uh, They're really cool stuff. All right. um, Big weekend coming up in Ames with the Iowa State basketball reunion, the annual Steve Prohm deal that he's put together. Uh, I've caught up with main man George Niang. Let's bring him onto the podcast. All right, we got Niang now uh, connected with him. He's getting ready to fly to Iowa tomorrow. Uh, you're in you're in Los Angeles, is that correct, George? Yes. La La Land, they call it. What are you training out there? What's going on? Yeah, you know this body isn't going to fix itself. I mean, it, it can fix itself, just not in the ways I'd want it to fix itself. So. 
I'm out here working out, trying to get better uh, every day, and I'm, I'm excited to get back to Iowa. Obviously, any chance that I get to go back there and see old faces, and it's just great time for me to see everybody and live uh, my best life in, in Iowa because so many great things happen in the state of Iowa, let me tell you. When you come back here and go to, like, let's see, you're going to be in Ames because you've got, we'll talk about, everything going on this weekend. Like, where do you stay? Yeah. Do you stay, do you get a hotel or do you stay with like, no, I'm just curious. Mm, to be honest with you, the options are so endless. No, yeah, I'm, I was going to say like, you got a lot of people though. I'm sure like who would let you shack up. Yeah, no, uh, I, I stay in a hotel because, uh, obviously I like to, to move as I, I please. And I don't want to disrupt anybody or be, uh, insensitive with coming in and out as I go and people's houses, which I'm sure they uh, probably wouldn't mind, but I stay in a hotel and I have a ton of people to see. So just being able to be free and move around with having a hotel is what works for me. So we've got the big, is the basketball reunion that's coming up this weekend, right? No, it's the second and the third. Oh, okay. So that's next weekend. So yeah. you're going to be here for like two weeks then? I'm going to be there for a while now, aren't I? Aren't I? But why Why wouldn't I want to be there? Iowa no, is just, the place to be. No, I, get, I thought it was this weekend for some reason. No. Don't say that. Steve Chrome's going to be mad at you. Well, the reason I said that, and this won't surprise you, is that I got a call from Coach Prome wanting us to give it a little bit of a plug because he loves his really? reunion. Yeah. Coach Uh-oh. Coach Prom's a big listener of the Old Man Game podcast. Believe it or not, seriously, yeah, I guess it's Jeff Taxes and Steve Prom's basketball reunion. That, that's how it goes, right? He loves this event, and he's actually done a really. good – I remember the first year, I was like, man, like who? This guy's not. He has no ties with Iowa State, and he's coming here and trying to do. I didn't have a problem with it. I just didn't think it would be much of an event. And then I went to it for a couple of years, and it's like, man, that's really cool. Like, I've talked to some of the guys who who aren't necessarily – they don't necessarily have their jerseys in the rafter, but, man, they really appreciate it. And getting together with all you guys, to, you're kind of mixing generations. I, I think it's really cool. It's really grown on me to be one of my favorite deals. Yeah, no, I think it's super cool that, you know, someone like Steve came in with – I don't think people realize the – the pressure and situation he had to walk into. Like when you're like a new or a coach coming into a new program, like usually if the program wasn't doing good, they need you to, you know, make it lively and make things happen again. He came into a situation where it's almost like he had to implement his ways and not mess it up, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think he's done a great job of managing that and getting the most out of each team. And, uh, and implementing his own ways. Like, how cool is that? He has so much other stuff to worry about. Recruits, his team, how he's going to get better. But yet, he wants to take care of the guys uh, from the program that really don't really have an influence or or immediate influence on on the program anymore because their time, their eligibility is done. I think it's so cool that he's put his um, his time into that. I mean, I think it shows a lot about him and his character and 
how much he cares about this university. Well, he he really does. Like he views it because I've talked at length to them about it before. He views it as like his responsibility as the head coach to he take take those guys under his wing. Even in many cases, they're older than he is. But like, I don't know. Like when Tinsley was back. A couple of years ago, yeah, that was that was so, that was last year. That was so cool. Yeah, I mean, like I just remember watching Jamal Tinsley uh, as a pacer. You know what I mean? Before I even knew about Iowa State, and it was just really cool. Like that's a, like a ten plus year NBA veteran. Like it doesn't get any better than that. I mean, what did what did you think about that when you got to see him? I mean, I'm sure you hadn't seen him since he left Iowa no, State. You no, know? I hadn't, and it, it just. Um... I don't know. It kind of shook me to the core, like how emotional he was stepping back foot, stepping foot back into Hilton. Like he he hadn't been, from what I understand, Jamal had not been. It, it, this is not a situation like you and Monte and Naz who come back all the time. Like from what I gathered, he had not been back to Hilton since he was done playing. And you think about a guy who it, he 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 might be. The best cyclone ever, not necessarily like with lore, but like just with God given ability. Like some of the things that he did as a player were just. I, George, I think he's the best cyclone basketball player I've ever seen. And like when he, I don't know, when he came back in there, and I, I remember interviewing him, and he couldn't get through a sentence without tearing up. Like it was, it was really touching and, and really cool to see that guy kind of. I don't know if he had a pro like the whole Larry Eustacey deal, like there was a lot of like turmoil back then, right? But but he comes yeah. back and I don't know, he felt appreciated and you could see like the look and I remember watching you and I think Monte interact with him and it was just it was just cool to see all those generations mixed together and that was for me like when it really hit me like how special of a deal that could be. Yeah, no, I I just think like People forget how special the place is when they leave. Obviously, when you're in college, you think about, oh, you know, how can I make money when I get out of here? And you forget how important, like, the, the natural love that you get at Iowa State is. And then when you come back and you slowly start to realize, like, this was the place where people cared about me, where they didn't want anything but my happiness or the best for me. And when you get back there, it just gives you a calming, you know, sense and you're at peace with yourself and I think that's why Jamal was so you know emotional but I, I think him realizing that wanted him to tell us about his life experiences and kind of like drop some knowledge I think the, the best thing is like so many people are doing so many different things whether they're playing basketball or the, they're owner of a company or they work in insurance and I think that they've gone through life experiences that us young guys who just graduated haven't gone through. So when you have someone that you can bounce questions off of or kind of relate to because they played at the same college as you and were given some of the same opportunities, I think it it's beneficial for everybody. I mean, even the fans. Like, the fans, like, would where would you ever get to see Jamal Tinsley and Monte Morris, two of the best yeah. point guards to ever? You know what I mean? And then you get to see them next to each other. I mean, that's a special moment for, for some fans or most fans because – you would think you'd never get to see that. I think they need to open that thing up one year and let let some of the older guys mingle with the fans. I don't think you want to make it like a huge fan fest type deal, but 
I don't know, maybe open up Johnny's one night. I know they do that for all of you guys, but I, I do think the one thing I've noticed, George, just doing my job for, man, I've been around this for like 15 years now, but like I always feel bad. Like it always hurts me to see, and I want to see what you think about this as a player and a former player. I don't think it's really impacted you, but I'm sure there are guys who you could think of that this relates to. And like you guys are like gods when you're there. And for right. the most part, unless you go on to have like a big professional career or you stay local for one reason or another, or you're a huge personality that can find a way to stay in the limelight. I don't want to say that these guys can be forgotten about, but it you go from being like a god in a small town where you're the show, no professional sports in Iowa, Iowa and Iowa State are it, and then like you can kind of just drift off and it's like the fan base that you gave so much for, I don't want to say they forget about you because that sounds really bad, but I, I do feel that way at sometimes though. And that's why, I, uh, do, do, you, do you feel like yeah. that at all? Like, do you see guys like that? Oh, oh. Well, well, here's the thing. It's like the the community embraces the team that they love, right? And it's sad that, you know, every four years there's going to be a new guy at that position or that scholarship and, you know, that they're going to need to embrace. But I, the biggest thing that I learned is they're going to give you so much regardless of what you give back. But if you give back, you know, yourself, your personality, your time, yeah, that place will embrace you forever. I mean, there's yeah. never a time where I don't feel loved or I feel forgotten about. And I mean, I'm in a social media era, and yeah. we're texting and FaceTiming, so I can connect with these people, you know, all the time. Uh, you know, back then it was probably a little harder. You know, when you know you have a new telephone or it's tough to get your number around, and there's no social media, but. Uh, I think the biggest thing with, with Ames is you just got to give yourself to, to Ames because it, it's going to give itself to you without you doing anything. So I think you getting out in the community, smiling, showing face, doing the right thing, staying out of trouble, and, and overall having a good time because I think that's the biggest thing in, that I've learned being around Iowa State people is they just know how to have a good time. and yeah. Nothing. Nothing that that is. Nothing matters. You know what I mean. Besides just having a good time, people taking care of each other, and and you don't find that everywhere. I've had to learn that somewhat the hard way. You know, with my career, but I always come back to Ames, and it kind of grounds me and gives me life. Well, you always got it. I I think last year, the more I've had a chance to reflect on last year's Iowa State season. They didn't. They they didn't end the season very well. The regular season, they turned it around obviously in Kansas City, but I I think that team's biggest problem, like the fans were getting a little bit rowdy, uh, a little ornery towards the end, and I I don't think it was their basketball. I think it was exactly what you just spoke about, and I don't I don't feel that team gave enough back to the fans. I um, guys like Tht and and Lindell, um, you know I, I wish them nothing but the best. I want them to go make a million dollars and you know play a ton professionally and represent Iowa State I think that they will um, THG just got a contract with the Lakers so that's great but I think part of the reason we saw what we did at the end of last year because I've heard people like well, why why are people all over all over this team they're in the tournament they're I think that there's more at stake and I didn't see that team giving it back 
like smart and and I think that this upcoming team is going to be totally different with with Halliburton leading the way. Uh, he's a young man who reminds me of so much of Naz, not necessarily as a player, just the way that they talk, the way that they act, a little bit like you too. Um, um, Condit, I think, is a lot like that. I, th- I, I think Jacobson will be. I think Jacobson was the one guy on that team last year that really popped for, for a lot of those fans for that specific reason. I, and I think this kid from Penn State, if he can get eligible, he, he can be one of those guys too. I don't know. I just I think what you say is so true, man. Like the uh, Bill Finley says it very well. Like the, you know, the way Iowa State fans like live. You don't have a bunch of rich doctors and stuff like that at Hilton Coliseum. We're just not that type of a school. However, you do have a lot of blue collar farmers. You have a lot of, um, you know, just blue collar folks who, you know, they die for loose balls in their own personal life. So they they expect that their teams will do that as well. That they, you know, they spend a lot of money on supporting the teams. Yeah. No. For sure. And I. I think uh I think the biggest thing that, that people can't forget is um these fans are gonna support you through and through and I think that's the best way that you put it is like if if these are blue collar people, uh, you know, and, and they cheer for blue collar players. And I think like I said before in other podcasts, it takes the right person to fit in at Iowa State. Uh nobody likes to feel like they're used and when Iowa State feels like their resources are being used so you can Kind of piggyback to something bigger or better. Uh, they're they're not going to like that. Um, I think Iowa State runs on genuine passion, love, support, leadership, and relationships. And um, I learned that early on, and I embraced that, and it's been nothing but great to me. I can always know that I can go back to Ames, Iowa, and I'll be able to live the happiest life because there is so much going on. There's so many great people. And it's home. Um, okay, so we've got golf outing on Monday up there in Ames. Looking forward to that. And then we've got your camp coming up as well. You want to give those a plug real quick? Yeah, yeah. So uh, my basketball camp is going to be Sunday, <clears throat> July 28th. Um, are we sold four. out? Are we sold out or we got spots still? Uh, I think, uh, we, we always, I'll always make room. I'll always... Uh, Okay. I'll bring in a, a Fisher Price if, and and make another basket if uh, we don't have enough. But uh, no, we have enough room. Nine to four. Parents, bring your kids down. You can hang out, watch, take pictures. Uh, there's an auction. There'll be some some of my items up there. Um, so just come down and and have a good time. You know, have your kids dropped off, play basketball for a day get to interact with uh, me, which, I mean, I'm sure isn't that thrilling, but hopefully they'll, they'll enjoy it and maybe come back next year. And then uh, the golf outing, which is obviously my favorite, is going to be Monday. Um, you know, registration is, um, you can go to www.georgecamp.com and it will be on there. And you can register for uh, my golf outing. It's going to be, I'm pretty sure it's from 11 to 4 and after there's a banquet. And um, it's going to be at Ames uh, Golf Con- Golf and Country Club. And people can come by for the banquet at 4 or 5 o'clock if they want to. There's going to be a live auction there. I know there's a trip to Cabo, yeah, uh, one of my jerseys, um, dinner with uh, some ISU uh, coaching staff members, I think Coach Friendly or Coach Prome. And I know there's going to be tickets to football games being raffled off. So, 
I think it, it's going to be great, and it's going to a great cause in YSS with uh, helping the youth. So um, I'm really excited about that, and I really hope people can make it out. So Bloom and I, we do a deal every summer. I think it's like the fourth or fifth summer we've done it. It's a podcast series where we just find like what we what we think are interesting Iowa State topics that we basically – just go off for about an hour, hour and a half on, and we just get really in-depth on them. Tonight, we are doing one on the 2014-15 men's basketball season. 14-15. So that was the year that that Bryce was with you. Junior year. So when I bring, like, just say that season, like, what's the first thing that comes to your mind about that year? Oh, that season was so crazy. (laughs) That was probably uh, the the craziest season uh, probably I've ever had, just because there was, I mean, I think to start the season, people were talking about Fred being a candidate to, um, how do I say this? The Bulls, well, the Bill Simmons tweeted it like that summer before, so everybody was kind of keeping an eye on it. Remember that? Yeah, exactly, and and um, so there was just a, a, a lot going on, and we had a <laughs> we had uh, you know come off a year where we made it to the Sweet Sixteen. There was a lot expected out of us. Bryce, uh, rest in peace, was a huge part of the puzzle coming in, and people had questions about him. We Abdul had just gotten eligible. Um, then I think halfway through the year we got Deontay Burton, right? Or yes, or Jamil. It was it was Jamil. You and got Jamil. Yeah, Deontay was the we next. got we got Jamil. But when we got Jamil back, Deontay Burton um, w- had committed to us from Marquette, and uh, I just think the the craziest thing was like as as easy as it may sound to like throw someone into the piece of the puzzle with like Jamil. Um, it's tough, and Jamil did such a great job of of coming in and and implementing his will. And I think he was Defensive Player of the Year, wasn't he? I don't remember, but that wouldn't surprise me. I think I think he was, but it was just tough. I mean, God, there was so much friction with with guys wanting to you know do their own thing and then try to come back together and play as a team. And we were really good. We lost a bunch of games, probably that we shouldn't have lost. And it was just such an influx of emotion because I think at some point people realized, like, oh, like, this is fun, this basketball thing, but I can go play professionally, like, if I do this for myself rather than doing it for the team and that stuff takes care of itself. So there was a little bit of that. Um, I just looked that was just tough. Like, I, I, I just remember the end of the year, like, obviously people know there's rumors. Obviously the locker room did get heated after we lost to UAB and I'm sure th- some things were said that were regretted. But the the one like thing that hurts the most is like, I didn't absorb like that last or take in like that last year where Fred, you know, who obviously changed my life, changed my career. That was going to be the last time that like he was my coach, you know? Yeah. That, that's one thing that like, I still to this day, I'm like, damn, like, you know, I had three great years, right? There was the best years of my life, but, I didn't get to really absorb all of that, you know, and, and take it. it all in and ch- and cherish it because 
That was that was special what we had, and it, it stinks that it ended the way it did. Uh, I wish we could have went out and won a national championship for Coach, but I mean that's just how life is. And he made a decision. I just wish that I would have cherished the moments that I had him as my coach a little bit more. Yeah, you mentioned McKay. I'm just looked it up right now. He led you guys in rebounding the last 12 games of that season. Like he was, oh, yeah, a, he was a monster. Yeah, he he was a monster at the end. It is um, that the way, like the tone when you just described that season. I think it is fitting for the whole thing, though. It was just so up and down. Like it is a long time ago, but I was doing some prep for again this podcast that Bloom and I are going to do, and like you guys would. For instance, when when Arkansas came to town, you remember that game, and um, um, Portis was playing for them. I mean, you guys killed them. You won that game by almost twenty. Bryce had twenty seven and six, and then yeah. I, I remember just at the beginning of the year, or actually the it was it was mid that SEC game, and you lost to like a pretty. I don't know. Was that a good South Carolina team? I don't even remember, but I remember you guys only scoring 60 points in it. And, like, it just, like, it was a very um, up-and-down season, which I think made it so tumultuous. And then the end, you had – yeah, I thought that the wheels were coming off of that team when you guys lost to Baylor at home and then you lost on the road at Kansas State. And it just seemed like things really weren't clicking. You dropped, like, 10-6 and six in the conference. And then you're down by, like, 20 – to Oklahoma on Big Monday, and you guys made the miraculous comeback, and everything just kind of clicked after that. You went all the way to Kansas City, won, and then you guys are like a sexy Final Four pick, I remember going into the tournament. Yeah, you don't know how many times I've heard from people, oh, you screwed me that year, (laughs) this, that, and the other. I'm like, yeah, I screwed myself. If you really want to think about it. But, um... Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, we just had so many games where we looked so good. And uh, I tell people this. I was like, when I meet someone and, like, I get to know you, I just want to be able to, when I see you, like, it's the same person every time. Yeah. And, like, the worst thing is, like, when you when you go and meet someone and you get to know them and it's like you don't know whether one day they're going to be really happy, really sad, really angry. It's like, it was like that with our basketball team. You didn't know what we were getting. Were we going to play like a team? Were we going to be selfish? Were we going to be really good? Were we going to be just average? It was just, I'm sure it was frustrating for the fans. And it was frustrating for me because as a leader, like you could never pinpoint what the problem was. Next thing you know, the season's over. And, you know, it's like every, every season is like a life. And you know you feel like you didn't take advantage of that life. What do you remember? What do you remember about the Iowa game that year? Mainly leading up to it was another like crazy moment because it was BDJ and I think Abdul was his. I want to say was his roommate in the whole loud music thing. And I just remember like going into that game, which you guys won in in Iowa City by fifteen. Naz led you guys with 21 in that one. Um, nobody was talking about the game. Like, it was all about Bryce. You guys not having Bryce. You guys went from being like a six or seven point favorite to like an even, even line in Vegas. And like, it was just a, I remember that, like, that whole thing pissed me off so much, though, just like with the media. I remember losing my mind 
on local radio because I actually thought there was some inadvertent racism going on with that, and like it really bugged me to hear Iowa fans talking. And I, I remember losing it, and I became a villain on Twitter there for a while. But that, that was like that was one of my favorite moments of your guys' career, though, like that that Hoiberg era because your guys, everybody was against you. You had all the reason in the world to be distracted, um, and then you came out and just kicked their ass. Yeah, no, that was. That was amazing, but like I said, with the whole season being hectic, like you just want to go through the season with with the least amount of distractions ever, because pl- just playing basketball is tough in of itself, you know. Yeah, yeah. And we had to go in and and I mean, I don't think we knew if he was playing until like the day before or the day of, and you know, how are you prepping? And then you got it's a rivalry game, and then you just got to watch on TV. You're trying to get away from it, but then you see like all the stuff that's happening around your team and then people around the hotel. And it was just tough. That's why it felt so good when we all came together and just game time, we're like, we're going to get this done. We're going to make this happen. And we did that. And the best part is shutting Iowa fans up. I mean, it just doesn't get any better than that. I mean, obviously that was a kiss uh, game and no better way to end my, (laughs) my career at, at Carver Hawkeye when walking out with a kiss and, Knowing that I never have to step foot back in there, and I did what I, we did, what we had to do, and got out of there. And sayonara. It was a, it was a blast playing there, and oh, just that victory was probably one of the top five ones that that meant the most because our backs were up against the wall. Yeah, they thought they were going to come in and kick our ass, and we just handed it to them on their home court. Like we came into their house took a beer out of the fridge. They didn't do anything and we walked home. Can you give me, we're like past the statute of like bro code. Like what, what really happened at halftime of that UAB game? Oh, uh, wasn't there like a chair thrown? I've heard that like Bryce threw a chair. No, he didn't throw a chair. I mean, he was obviously emotional, you know, cause he wasn't playing much, right? Didn't Fred essentially, no, he was, he wasn't. So yeah. he was, you know, somewhat uh, upset uh, about the outcome of what had happened of the game and of the season. And, you know, it, it's uh, people get emotional when yeah, I get when it. their college career, college career is over, especially when you may not have felt it went the way that you wanted it to. So people get emotional. So uh, I, I would say, like, uh, it was just, it was, it was a, it was a, crazy realm of like emotions like a lot of people were upset saying things like how the f did we let this happen like we didn't come out and we weren't prepared and like but at the end of the day like it's over you know what i mean like you can't like yell at each other now yeah you know and so i I thought what was interesting about no 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 chair was thrown oh okay let's put that rumor to rest then yeah, no, no chair was thrown, but harsh words were were thrown around. Let's say that. The thing about Bryce, I remember going into that game was like he he went from like kind of being a non-factor at the end of the regular season, and I thought he really helped you guys in Kansas City. Like he was an ex because you won those first two games against Texas and Oklahoma by a combined like four points, and Bryce was huge in both of those games off the bench. Yeah, him and Abdul were were amazing. All right. So, what that else was, you got uh, planned for? I won't. I won't bring down your mood anymore. I just. I thought I'd uh-huh. there's, add some synergy to the podcast network here because Bloom and I are going to do like an hour and a half on that season. 
So I thought I may there as well just go. get you on the record about it. What else is planned when you get back? Anybody you're looking forward to seeing? You going to go hang out with uh, Cam- Campbell at all? Anything like that? Uh, you know, he uh, he sometimes pops up to the basketball facility and plays pickup with some of his coaches, so I look forward to running into him then. Campbell plays that, pickup? Is, does he have a jump shot? He's a, he's a hooper, man. Don't ever underestimate him. He can play. Yeah. He... he um, he loves basketball. Like it he absolutely loves it. Like it I he watches every game. I know him and Steve are really close friends, but then he takes his daughter to all of the uh women's games. Like Campbell's a huge basketball fan. I'm surprised you yeah. don't hear from him more. No, he's he's great. I mean, we, we obviously keep in contact. I have nothing but respect for him and I admire what he's done with his life and the and with the program, I mean, that guy is just, he's a stud. I mean, there's no other way to put it. It was interesting. I was at the Big 12's football media days last week. It's why we didn't get a podcast done. And we, um, or I, I noticed, like, he's a superstar even on a national level now. I've just never seen that with Iowa State football before. You know, like, I've I've been around it for a really long time, and they've never been, like, the... Even close to like the main event, but man, you had national guys lining up. Like everybody wanted a piece of Campbell, and it was really a kind of a cool thing to see how big of a, you know, bigger rock star Iowa State has right now. Yeah, it doesn't get any bigger than in, in Matt Campbell right now. What he's done and his resume is second to none. I mean, it's pretty amazing what he came in and did. Took one season, took his losses, and then really just push these kids to be the best they could be and and now turn Iowa State into a, a, a powerhouse. Well, fly, fly safe. And I wanted to let the listeners know that we, we think we've got a way to start doing this podcast where we can do it on, like, Skype and a little more regular so I don't have to walk in or so I don't have to drive into the studio every time. And, George, your your schedule is going to start to get nuts. When do you, like, actually report to the Jazz and stuff? I know you, you still have some time, but, like, what? how does that NBA calendar yeah, work? Yeah, probably not till after Labor Day. Oh, okay. This is when uh, people have to start reporting. So after Labor Day, they'll want guys to start coming in and making it happen. It's been a good off season for you guys, though. I like your team. Yeah, it's been great. I'm really excited. We have uh, a lot of work to do when we get back and mend each other together, but it's going to be an exciting season, to say the least. All right, buddy. We'll, um, we will see you in Ames. All righty, brother. I'll see you there. All right, pal.